Every day, millions of dollars are lost to a lack of IT oversight and inefficient infrastructure. At QEH2, we take your security seriously and can handle everything from a new business startup to a Fortune 500 looking to make a change. We are an IT company that puts your needs first. Call QEH2 today at 303-688-7531 or visit us online at www.qeh2.com. Mention the Ladies Chit Chat Club and receive a free security evaluation. 303-688-7531. QEH2. Business Intelligence. Hello, my friends. You are listening to Grit and Grace. My name is Taverly and I am your host. I'm here to share my entrepreneurial journey with you and we'll be bringing on some amazing women who've been helping me, mentoring me, and inspiring me on how grit and grace helps them crush it in business, relationships, fitness, family, friends, and all that good stuff. Now, let's get started. Hello, my friends. Welcome to Grit and Grace. Today, I have Ella Dorner with me, and she is a 26-year-old motivational speaker and millennial business owner and a really overall happy human. And you know, this is, this is such an amazing woman to have on my show because she's a happy human despite the fact that she is a 26-year-old amnesiac. And she is with us to share her compelling story of survival, her comeback, and truly that laughter is the emotional superpower that not only she uses to heal and live her life, but she brings to so many other people. So Ella, thank you for joining me. Yeah, thank you for having me. This is so great. It's fun. You you just make me smile just even talking to you our, when we talked before the show and as we were preparing before we hit record because you and I have all these really funny things kind of going on <laughs> in our backgrounds and, and you just make me laugh. It really is. It's not just a superpower of emotional healing, but I think it's your superpower. Oh, you're great. I wish that was true. I think everyone kind of has that, but no, laughter is just so cool. Just everything about it. We'll go into it, but thank you. That was so nice. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm, I'm glad to have you with me. I think that you have such an amazing story. I'm honored to know you and I know that you have a message that is going to change people's lives like crazy. Oh, you're so great. Thank you. So, so yeah, tell so, me, we got to, we got to start. Go into it. Let's, let's go into it. Okay. Where, where do you want to start? Do you want to start? Where, tell us where you're from a little bit about your upbringing. Uh, okay. So I grew up in Stillwater, Minnesota. Went to that high school. Still go ponies. Yeah. 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 Uh, what else? My upbringing. Uh, honestly. Oh, okay. So I have an incredible sister. Her name's Hannah. Uh, my parents are the most amazing humans I've ever met or no, or, you know, I could brag about them all day. Like we, this entire podcast could just be me like bragging about my parents, just boasting them up. No. So I grew up in Stillwater. I have one sister. We had a dog, Tyler. He's phenomenal. He's fluffy. Uh, and here's, here's where I'm going to introduce <laughs> It's such a long story. So when I get asked that, I just kind of freeze. It's like, listen, That's my story is such a bomb to drop on someone. And there's like, it goes like so into depth. It's like, uh, so here's what I'm going to tell our listeners that they need to know. And I specifically started with that question because when I asked you this question the first time we spoke, you, you talked about it in the third person in a way. Um, you know, you explained... You explained the childhood of someone, not necessarily. See, I was trying to avoid that. <laughs> I wanted that part, but let's let's tell our let's tell our listeners that you don't actually remember your childhood. You are yeah. So I was trying to come up with like a polite way to say, well, 
Well, <laughs> you know, people tell me that this is my childhood. Um, and that's, so let, let's talk about it. So you, you had a traumatic, traumatic brain injury and it caused complete amnesia and your, what you know about yourself from previous to that injury is what you've learned. And I think that it's an incredible story. So tell us, you know, tell us about the injury. How did that happen? So, yeah. And thank you for getting me out of that. It's like, oh God. Uh, so I was in my house getting ready for like the ponies basketball game. And, you know, we had like Usher playing in the background. My sister was blow drying her hair. It was just, you know, a big event. And I guess she heard a giant thug at the bottom of the staircase. And if you could see me, I'd just be slapping my belly. Like I'm the thug. Mm -hmm. So I fell down the staircase in my home and landed on just like the crease of a step. And I now have a very nice dent in my head, so I'm hoping I don't go bald. Hmm. But after that, I ended up in three different hospitals, and yeah, it was just kind of a nightmare. So uh, the first hospital we went to, I had a grand mal seizure, and for those of you who don't know, that's like the worst kind of seizure you can have. Mm-hmm. And it was from there that they kind of took one look at me, and they're like, oh, she's 16, 15-ish, you know, maybe she's on drugs, or maybe she's drunk. And Uh, I wasn't, which, you know, that's a plus, but the downside is if it wasn't, you know, drug or alcohol or anything induced, it was like a brain problem. So at that point they're like, you know, we don't have the resources, like the people, the machines, like you gotta go somewhere else. So we ended up going to a larger hospital here in Minneapolis and it was there. I kind of got, I mean, I would never like bad mouth any medical professional, but I think at the time it was like, wow, what a liability. Like, so I kind of got passed around like a hot potato, like Sykes, like, yeah, no, you don't want her. And I was like, oh, interesting. Nope. And like, you know, all those different things. So we ended up moving hospitals again. And it was technically, it was the same building, but it was like a different, you know, entire hospital. They're just somehow Mm. connected. So that worked, but I ended up in the epilepsy wing at a local big hospital here in the cities. And it was there, they kind of, they did so many tests and I think at all of it, you know, it was just one of those like mysteries. And my mother is a speech and language pathologist and I'm sure she got kind of like mama bear ish. So she's mm-hmm. like, I'm taking her home and I'm like, we can do this. I know what I'm doing. And I got super lucky. Like, I don't know what I would do without that. But so let, me- Okay. So let me go back and ask you a question about the fall. So obviously you don't remember the fall. Um, yeah. Did they did they ever determine if you had a seizure and fell or if you started having seizures because of the the injury to your brain? So how I fell, I mean, when it's called grit and grace, and I always think of like being yes. graceful, and it's like, oh, I should not go on there. Like that's not me. <laughs> but so I mean, I may have just completely, you know, super clumsy fell, but I may have had a seizure that you know caused me to fall down the stairs, and because of that grand mal seizure excuse me, in the first one, it, you know, if you have something like that traumatic mix up your brain, it's hard to like trace anything that kind of happened before it. Mm. So there really is like no good way to see, you know, what happened before it just because the one I had in the hospital from the brain injury was just too, too big. Like it messed everything up. It's like one of those, what are they called? Echo sketches? Yeah. Sketches. Like if you had a drawing, let's say that was my brain. It's like, has she had seizures before? And if you have a grand mal one, you shake it up and it's, it's not coming back. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like how tracking it goes. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't have epilepsy. They tested all that. So it was the brain injury that 
they believe caused it, but there's just, there's no good way to know. Yeah. And and I guess at this point, it, at this stage in your life, it doesn't make any difference. At the time, I'm sure it was still part of the medical research to try to figure it out to know if it was going to happen again. Yeah. So they did do the epilepsy test. Like I said, like the EEG, they put a bunch of wires on my hair and they gave me the braids. Super thankful. They didn't like shave my head, but they kind of gave me like the Snoop Dogg look. And then they put like those wires like right on my head. Yeah. So, I think of- I... I think I mentioned to you, Ella, that the first time we talked that my son um, had seizures from the time he was two until he was about nine. So we spent a lot of time in the epilepsy monitoring unit. So I'm very familiar with EEGs and extended stays. And they're, 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 they're no joke, but also it's, it's a really, it's a really, we're fortunate that we live in a country that has the type of technology that can read our brain. Well, that's nuts. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you had the, the injury. You got passed around like a hot potato because everybody's like, who is this girl? What's going on? What are we going to do? (laughs) And your mom said, I'm going to take her home. Yeah. But she's great. (laughs) But you see, I see, there you go. You talked about her in the third person. It makes me laugh. Um, Okay. So I should probably say this so people get it. Okay. So Jules and Jeff are my parents' names. And when I first met them, they were under obviously the names like mom and dad. And at the time, like knowing the word mom and knowing the word dad, it wasn't like, oh, those are my parents, the humans who raised me for you know 15 years and gave me everything. It was just like, my name's Ella. Like, you know, it was, it was a title. It wasn't, there was no meaning behind it. And when I found out, like my parents have like names, <laughs> like Jules, I still have, I don't know why it's so funny to me, but like Jules and Jeff, oh, it cracks me up. So if I ever refer to my parents, it's not of like disrespect for their first yeah. name. It's like, yeah. oh my gosh, they're, they're real names. <laughs> yeah. So did you just wake up, like come like as far back as you can remember, did you wake up and not know who they were? Like who, why you were there? Like who the people around you were? Was it a full, was it a full case of amnesia? Yeah, it was. Yeah. Unfortunately, like in shows and stuff, they're like, do you know what day it is? Or do you know the president? It was like exactly like that. But instead of me kind of saying like, oh, no, I don't like you know, being a normal human. It was kind of going back to like my brain was so, I don't know what's the word. Like it was trying to heal so much that it was kind of like in shock, if you will. Mm. So I just kind of stared at people around me with like my eyes bigger than my head, just Mm. terrified. And it was kind of a lot of pointing, but no, my first like memory, the hospital was really, I think like a trauma in your brain, like you block out things, Mm -hmm. but I have just like very brief kind of almost flashbacks of the hospital. And it was during all that testing, just they shoved it all into like a 24 hour span which was completely necessary to like make sure, you know, I didn't have bleeding in my brain or anything like that. But it was, it was like, you know, strapping me with Velcro down to put me in an MRI and right. all those different things. So that was kind of my memory. And after that, just hearing people talking sounded a lot like broken English. Mm. So if I see the word coffee or anyone's listening, it's like coffee. Yeah, I could probably use a cup. It's the brown liquid mm. that kind of jazzes you up a little. But for me, if I said the word coffee, I may be thinking of like a gumball or, you know, a book. Mm. But having that as like the object, there was no kind of word association, if that makes sense. So like recognizing the word, like I know that word, I just have no idea what it means. So that must have been scary. Yeah, no, it wasn't, wasn't fun. (laughs) 
I mean, looking back, like, yeah, I like to like share my message and keep it on like the cheery side and look for the good things, but no, it was, it was awful. I wouldn't wish it upon anyone. Well, and this is part of the reason why we're talking today, because you have an amazing outlook. You are extremely happy, positive, outgoing. And, you know, the reason why I'm asking you these questions is because I know that this was not an easy journey to get to where you are today. And when I think of a lot of the things that we go through day to day and, you know, we complain about or our our coffee came out wrong, right? Maybe when somebody put milk instead of cream in and, you know, somebody can have a meltdown over that. I think that your story is a reminder that we can come back. Our body has the ability to heal and we have the ability to take the lessons that we've learned and the joy that we have in our lives and share it with others. Yeah, I think definitely, I mean, maybe it took one person having to actually go back to basics, like in relearning everything kind of from the very beginning, but in like a big person body, if you will. Yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> but a big I, person body, I like that. <laughs> not taking the little things for granted just because it's like there's so much more than like getting mad at traffic or like just, mm-hmm. you know, and don't get me wrong, like I'm not all sunshine and rainbows. Like I know bad things happen and it's like, you're oh, still a human. Like, oh, this, this traffic. Maybe you started a business in your basement or garage, but let's face it, that's lonely. And meeting clients in coffee shops gets old really fast. Enter Rise Collaborative Workspace. Rise was started by a woman just like you, who knows that you not only need a great space to meet clients, but also a great community for support and friendship. At Rise, they have offices or dedicated desk space to rent or drop-in memberships for those client meetings. Along with weekly learning and social events, Rise is the perfect workspace for women on the rise. Check out more about Rise at their fantastic website, riseworkspace.com, or stop by and check it out for yourself at the corner of Colorado Boulevard and 7th next to Trader Joe's. That's Rise Collaborative Workspace at riseworkspace.com. And tell them you heard about it from the Ladies Chit Chat Club. It does suck. I'll give you that. (laughs) there's, There's better ways to spend your energy. Yeah. It's, it's a mindset. It's how you look at it. Yeah. So how did your parents handle that at the time? Those poor humans. Um, you know, they were, I don't know, honestly, like if I was put in that position where you, you know, you spent your entire life raising a daughter and put everything you had into it and then she almost died and now you have to re-raise her. Like that's, no one signed up for that. That's like having another kid. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I don't, I don't know. My parents, I look up to them in so many ways. They're resilient and they have, that's definitely where I got kind of, you know, the outlook and where I get just, you know, everything's going to, you know, bad things happen. Bad things happen to everyone. And if it's amnesia, if it's, you know, your own personal crap, like we all got crap. It's just how you go about it and kind of how you move on from it. And they really like kind of drilled it in my head, like raising me, you know, well, yeah, okay. That, that happened. That sucks. But now what? Like, how are you going to move forward? Mm-hmm. So I, I definitely take that with me for my day to day stuff. That's pretty amazing. Those are some great parents you have. Oh, they're great. Hi, mom. Hi, dad. Hi, hi, Jules. Hi, to. Jeff. Nice to meet you. <laughs> oh, they'll um, love it. They're like, what's a podcast? What's like, a podcast? I know. You're going to have to send them the link and show them how to press play. They'll <laughs> um, get it. So I, I think about what that must be like having amnesia. I mean, even though you knew words, you didn't have an association to the words, everything felt new and different. 
how did, how, what was the training like or the rehabilitation or whatever the word is that you use to call getting from there to be able to, I guess, get back to where you were previously, or do you feel like you ever did get all the way back to where you were before? Yeah. So like I said, my mother is a speech and language language pathologist and I really lucked out there and not to like, I don't know how to word that. Okay. So she showed, it was basically like a lot of copying, if you will. So it was like, you know, one day my father would show me how to brush my teeth and he'd be like, you know, pick up the stick, put the toothpaste on, you know, shove it in your mouth. And then I would. So it was definitely a lot of like copying uh, things like learning how like colors, my, we use socks, like fold. So, I mean, Mm. my mother did a wonderful job with kind of incorporating like learning how to live and then learning like the key essentials behind it. So like uh, folding socks, like, yes, you learn colors, but you also learn, you know, how to fold socks, what socks are, Mm. you know, they go in your closet and like silverware, putting it away, you know, organization, like different things like that, like what they do and different things like that. So the entire experience just like as a whole was all like learning, you know, there was just everything I did was just packed with so much like learning and information that one would never be like, I bet she learned that out of that, which is again, going back to like you know, the little things. Yeah. Tell this the banana story because that stuck with me. I thought it was, that's, this is the funny part. This is where the humor, it, this is where the, the humor side. Yeah. This is what, this is what I love about you is that you create the ability to laugh by, sh- and, and sharing something that I'm sure at the time was not funny, but now. Oh yeah, no, it was a terrible, that. but I mean, looking back now, you can laugh at it. No, I bit into like, I mean, f- foods alone. There's so much you have to know, okay? And I mean, it sounds stupid. Hear me out, though. So it's like, you know, what food needs to be hot? What food needs to be cold? What foods go together? What foods have a peel? Mm. Like a banana or an orange. Uh, A pomegranate. I can't even get into that. But like, yeah, I (laughs) into everything that had like a peel. And then my mother said- Did you try to eat them with the peel? Of course I did. Have you ever bit into an orange like without it peeled? No, I've never done it. And it, Yeah. Oh my. And it's just like, just bit it like an apple. It's like, oh, this is good. I don't think I like these. You must wonder why do humans eat this? This tastes well, yeah, terrible. Like, oh my God. Okay. Yeah. That must have been your reaction to a lot of things. Yeah. And like, I'm, my parents definitely gave me like, you know, because in that time, like you, you, there's such a psychological messed up kind of like you lose your like sense of self mm. and coming back from that like looking at my life it was kind of like this is who you are this is this it wasn't like you know be whoever you want to be or like any of that crap but it was just like this is your life this is what you like this is what you don't like and it was that was terrible and I think my parents kind of caught on to that and they definitely let me discover you know what like kind of rediscover myself instead of being like oh you like Mountain Dew you know, they'd set up like a taste test and it's like, oh yeah, no, I don't like that one. So that was, you know, at the time overwhelming, but looking back now, it's like, I can't believe you let me eat that. My mom's like, well, I mean, I knew you didn't like it. but You had to figure that that out again. You had to rediscover yeah. yourself. I like it how you described that, that you had to rediscover yourself as opposed to trying to fit back into the model of what you used to be because things things can change. And when your brain changes, you know, going through what I went through with my son, I know it changes. I mean, your tastes yeah. could be different. I'm sure that there are things, just specifically talking about food, I'm sure there are things that you like now that you didn't like before and vice versa. 
Oh yeah. And at the time, I mean, I was 15. So like, no offense to any 15 year old, but like what 15 year old, like really has their life together. And it's like, right. no, I'm great. Not saying, right. <laughs> right. but I mean, like I was bound to grow up and change anyways. So I often get asked, like, are you the same person you were before? And that's what my mother will often say. Like, you know, you were 15, like you, you were going to grow up anyways. You just yeah, that makes total Took sense. A different route. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You wanted to start again. I mean, you, you, your body wanted to just say, "Hey, what?" It's like you hit the reset button and you got yeah. to experience it again. And and I, I'm not making light of it, but I am making. Oh no, you you have to. Otherwise, like, how are you going to yeah. talk about it? You yeah. can't like bomb everyone out. Like, oh, that's super depressing. Sweet podcast. See ya. Yeah. Like, someone wants that. Yeah. But I do think that sharing some of the times that were challenging for you really help people understand you right because you this sunny disposition that you have now and you're beautiful and you're blonde and you're successful in business and you're doing all these amazing things and you're only 26 okay so most people don't go through in their life what you've been through in 26 years so you have you know your story is valuable the the challenges the successes everything that you've done Ella to get to where you are is so worthy of discussion for everybody to hear. Okay, no one can see me, but I'm just like glowing. <laughs> I can see. And, I think you're no, seeing. I think I, I definitely think there is a time and a place to go into, you know, like the hell people go through. Yeah. And yeah, like that's a terrible word, but terrible things happen in the world. And it's yes, my story is amnesia, but like for anyone else, like maybe you grew up in poverty, maybe you had yeah. a loved one die. Like right. there's terrible things that happen and it's unavoidable. Like in life you get a name and uh, you know the day you're born they're like yeah write that day down you're gonna need it for forms and crap and then you get like kind of a present of a terrible thing and it's never fair you know and it's never it never really makes sense but we all have one so I think going into some of that like it's okay to like talk about some of the bad sometimes and mm -hmm. you know and when I'm speaking like <laughs> I think you can only take a crowd so low with the ability and the time to like bring them back up you know you can't yeah. like leave them like I, I don't know I always joke because like I no offense like any other speaker like people that I have the ability to share their story like it's courageous and it's cool and like you know just speaking out I love it but sometimes if there's no kind of happy takeaway you just leave like I said it's like wow it's depressing like now what yeah. And that's it. And it's just, ugh. but I think talking about some of those horrid things in life is definitely important. Is this, is this what you do now? Do you yeah, speak I professionally? Time, so yeah. 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 That's amazing. Um, is it hard to talk about this part of your life over and over again? Is it difficult or does it, does what you give to other people fill you up? A little bit excuse me, a little bit of both. I mean, when I first started speaking, I mean, this is like not for money. It was just, you know, nothing. Just to anyone who would kind of listen, there were times where I, you know, maybe I wasn't ready to speak about it yet. And I definitely understood that and took a decent sized break just because, you know, I would start crying or I wouldn't be able to say what I was thinking. But now speaking about it, I think I mean, people always say like, oh, like you're doing so much to give back. But I think talking about it alone is such like a good coping, you know, just to be able to like truly accept it and find, you know, every time I tell my story, I personally find, you know, a better, you know, another good within it. And giving back, like sharing stories, especially with people with brain injuries, like afterwards, oh, 
after speaking at any kind of like brain injury conference, the hugs and the tears, like that alone is worth it. And just even if it's not brain injury, if it's someone else going through crap, just having the feedback from it, I think is so rewarding. And then selfishly just kind of talk. It's like everyone, oh, you're also like my therapist. No, (laughs) just being able to like openly discuss it. I think it's, it's a lot. I like it. I'm a big believer, as you can tell with what we do on this show, I'm a really big believer in connecting with another another human being at the level. They're everywhere. Like, they're, they're everywhere. Awesome. You, and you actually can't avoid them, even if you tried. Well, it's you know? like the first time I went outside, it was like, oh my, like there's so many humans and like they all are doing their own crap. But it's, I don't know, completely off topic, but it's so nutty that there's so many humans and we're all kind of going for the same thing. Like regardless, like your career, it's like, okay, we all want to be happy you know, money wouldn't be bad. No one's going to be like, you know what? I have enough money. We're fine here. Thank you. But just finding like all of those, like, you know, you want to find love, you want to find purpose. And that's, we're all striving for that. And that's cool. I, I, I have to ask you about your friend circle because I'm thinking about being 15. You know, I have an 18 year old daughter. So at 15, like her whole life was all these other girls and boys, her age. Um, are, how, how did that roll out? Uh, my friends were wonderful. I mean, uh, going to school, when I first went back to school, it was like going to school for an hour a day. Mm. And when I was at school, I wasn't in class like learning by any means. Like I was coloring crayons. They're like these sticks of color and you smear them all over paper. And it's just like, they're oh, it's so cold. So color and people <laughs> just stare at me like, who is, and it's like, okay, high school, I'm sorry. High school is horrible for anyone. It's like everyone's changing, everyone's uncomfortable. It's just that's high school, but then like with a brain injury on top of it. So I was, yeah, no, I wasn't probably the coolest person in my recovery. But when I went back to school, the point is, everyone came up to me trying to like you know be there and help and be like, hi, I'm so and so, I know you from this because everyone knew like, oh, well, I was in this accident, she doesn't know anything, and that was so awful and I know everyone meant so well so I feel so bad saying it but it was the most overwhelming like I oh it was just so bad I think like an email went out and I was like don't talk to Ella she's freaked out and which thank you to you know whoever did that but after that I kind of took on friends and people kind of like one at a time and this is like months and months after like basic recovery Mm -hmm. and they just you know they knew that I was my brain was still healing and they knew to kind of tell me backstories. So, which is great because now, I mean, any kind of memory I have before 15, probably 95% of them are other people's stories. So they'll show me like a photograph. My friends will be like, Oh, we did this this one time. And sometimes it's great. And sometimes it's like, you had to be there. Ah, You know, not so, not so long. (laughs) No, but right. they were great. My friends were wonderful. I had a boyfriend at the time. Oh my. Oh, please. Oh, I bet that didn't go over so well. Oh, he was wonderful. He is wonderful. Just overall as a human, like it took me years to realize it, but he was 14 at the time. Watch out. Going (gasps) younger. Yeah. Oh my goodness. You guys just missed it. On, on, I, I, I'm on camera with oh, Ella, so I can see her. Oh, yeah. She just did a little claw mark. Like, it was just great. <laughs> a little cougar. No, so he was wonderful. Because, like, most 14-year-old boys, you, you think, like, they'll 
tell you to go to the skate park and then they won't talk to you the whole time. Like, you know, it's it's 14 year old boys. Like, I don't know. Okay. I don't know what they do, but whatever. That's about right. Wonderful. Like he hung out with my family and he would like send my mother like a picture of a giraffe and be like, show this Ella today and tell her what a giraffe is. And then Mm -hmm. like once I kind of learned what a phone was, he would send me like other things like, you know, try tacos and stuff like that. So he was amazing. And it was like during that time of recovery, they just said like, oh, this is your friend. You know, it wasn't like, oh, this is who you're dating or anything like that. But I mean, we were dating for like, okay, 15 year old dating. I don't even know what that means, but like for a little bit before that, but ended up really liking him. Oh, and then we started dating again. They're like, oh yeah, by the way, this is actually your boyfriend. It's like, oh, I like him. Oh, see, so yeah, it wasn't like yeah. a pressured situation by any means. And he, he just, he handled it with such just grace. It was just so cool. So you were 15, 16, all during that time. You're 26 now. So it's been almost 10 years Yep. and you have still not regained your memory from the time previous to the accident, but you have relearned who you are. Yeah. So like, like I said, like the memories, they're the thing about getting like having something that I actually remember, it's like the coolest, most undescribable thing in the entire world. So it's just like a familiar feeling mm-hmm. and it sucks because like sometimes I'll remember something, but like in the story or, you know, memory I have, like I won't remember who the person is or like what that place is. So like describing it, it's like, it's like that person. It's like, no, like, yeah, nothing. Yeah. It's like, it was that thing over there with that person, yeah, you know, who I'm talking like, about. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> No, so like that part is is definitely hard to place, but no, just like little memories of like even something like a song. Like my sister showed me a bunch of songs recently that we used to listen to, and oh, I just like had the weirdest happy tears. Happy tears blow my mind, but like I had the weirdest happy tears because it was like just a feeling of like physical, like oh, I remember that, like having that in your life. Oh, it's Mm. just. So you might not remember the details or be able to verbalize the details, but you, you can recall the feeling. Yeah. Oh, and that's super special. Yeah. So that's, that's super cool. But memory is so weird. Like yeah. songs and stuff. You remember songs? Yeah. You know, so, okay. Quick story, minor story. When we were driving back from the hospital, like, you know, I was back in the car and going in the car for the first time was just like, oh my God, like just too much, too much going seven miles per hour. It's like, okay. But a song came on, and apparently I knew every single word to Destiny's Child, Say My Name. But I didn't know the individuals who spent their entire life raising me. Like, how offensive. But no. Yeah. Not offensive, but but just, but definitely shocking. I mean, (laughs) mean, memory. I think back now. And I could just, I actually could just see you in the back of the car singing a Destiny's Child song, but then looking at the humans that were driving you. And I can picture that that must just have been such a strange, and I'm sure that happened a lot, but those strange sort of really interesting situations. But, you know, it sounds to me like you've kept a really good sense of humor during all of this. Well, you're so fun. These compliments, like they just, oh. You can't see me again. Still blush. It's just glowing this entire time. No, I, I definitely learned to value humor. There's kind of a story that goes behind it. Like the first time I really, really remember learning humor was, so I spent so much time in my kitchen, like that like breakfast bar thing. So I'd watch my parents cook 
or clean or I would do homework that like it was just I lived in this one chair and I remember one time I was in my kitchen and my father said something like kind of silly or you know whatever and he said it and after he said it he flashed this like huge ear-to-ear smile at me like kind of you know showing that like it was supposed to be funny having kind of that like you know, extra kind of nudge of like, yeah, that's how you're supposed to act in like a social setting. Definitely needed at the time. But I remember like, I don't even know what he said, but like, I remember this feeling of like my smile, like almost like exploded. It was just like Mm -hmm. this weird burst of like happiness and like relearning everything included emotions. So like I knew fear and I knew hopelessness and I knew, you know, I was kind of familiar with happiness, but like we met once and then, you know, she never talked to me again. Mm-hmm. So like it wasn't, it wasn't a lot, but laughing for the first time, it was, it was so weird. And it wasn't even honestly, and sorry to be gross, but it was like a glorified like snot rocket. It was like, yeah, like, you know, not a laugh that really counts at all. But like the first time I did that, it was like all of my pain that I was feeling just like even for those two seconds, like just melted, it was gone. Mm. It was like, it got numb. And that's really how I learned how to like value humor. And that's kind of where that kind of portion comes from. But no, my parents and my family definitely, yeah, they're hilarious. I love them. So I like to think that you are probably one of the greatest um, evaluators of other people's emotion. Because, um, well, because right, we talked about you know, a lot of your reaction was based upon what somebody else's reaction was. So oh, you, yeah. I feel you know, if, too. Yeah. Yeah. Like if you didn't know, <laughs> right, if you didn't know, if you didn't know what was going on, but somebody else around you got really upset, you'd realize, oh, this is a situation I should be upset about. Or somebody laughed, you would say, oh, this is supposed to be funny. Ha ha. I'm going to laugh. But that, that dialed you into being able to read other people very well. Yeah. Which again is a, a blessing and a curse, but no, I definitely picked up on all those kind of like micro facial expressions and everything that you wouldn't really look for. But so yeah, reading a room is pretty, pretty easy again, good and bad, but that definitely came from there. <laughs> yeah. So tell me what you're doing now. I'm really interested for you to share with our listeners what you do now. Yeah. So I, okay, this is like the worst and best question because it's like the most conceited, like, oh, I talk about myself for a living. No way. <laughs> you're <laughs> so, worthy of talking about, you're, I'm just going to keep saying no. it this whole, this whole hour. <laughs> I'm going to keep saying you are worthy of talking about, you know, you are, it's not conceited. Well, saying you talk about yourself for a living, no one can say that. Like Michelle Obama couldn't even say that. And like that girl. Mm, well, she, she could, but then everybody would complain. She, honestly, no, she could. And she'd probably completely get away with it. Anyway, yeah. like the point. Uh, yeah. So I took on speaking full time like four months ago, which was definitely a big leap, but it's been amazing. It's been super fun just being able to kind of like chase that dream and share my story of like, like I said, uh, laughter is an emotional superpower. And I think that alone has really kind of taken off. But no, I never thought in any world, like I wanted to be, apparently growing up, I wanted to be like an orthodontist, mm, which like, okay. ew, like who wants to get spit on all day? Like, yeah. <laughs> I did. So I didn't do that, believe it or not. Uh, and I just, it was something that I kind of started with and it, it just kind of took off. Like it took a while and going through college, but finally taking the leap. And now I do a lot of keynotes and things like that. And talk to me about working with other millennial business owners. So I, oh, I love them. 
Mm -hmm. If you're listening, talk to me. I love you. Just like, I mean, I think there's with any kind of entrepreneur, like age regardless, there is that understanding of like knowing what it takes and knowing that you have to like sacrifice, like the more you sacrifice, the more you'll get out of it and knowing the struggle and like the, you know what, screw it. I'm going to do something and I'm going to chase the dream that I want. Like, I think anyone can relate to that as an entrepreneur. And I think think like with the reading people thing you can sometimes see like wow you've put everything into this haven't you and like they I don't know I think entrepreneurs light up when they talk about something they're passionate about and like I mean as dumb as it sounds like you can really like see it the passion in their eyes and that just oh I love it I like I feed on it's like oh my god you are so excited so am I so working with others is just kind of collaborating and I think a lot of it is just kind of feeding off each other's energy because we all have such like weird and like how am I gonna fit into like someone's you know startup business as like a speaker talks but no <laughs> but like just you know giving each other ideas and different things and again I think that's for any entrepreneur just being able to provide those resources and kind of get some feedback back and forth that's that's great for anyone. And I think about it, you know, a lot of our listeners are entrepreneurs, but more likely entrepreneurs that have either had a career already or have previous businesses they've worked on. And the perspective of millennial entrepreneurs, now that's a little bit different because... There's not a ton of them. Yeah. There's yeah. a couple out there and I, oh, it's fun to find. I mean... For sure. Like, you know, not avoiding that question, but, you know, definitely giving you the talk around for that. I just, there's not a ton that you meet. So given the chance, I mean, like if there are millennial listeners, like, yeah. There are, yeah. Me. Yeah. <laughs> I think, I mean, granted, you can do anything you want in your life at any age. You know, who am I to say what you do? But I think there is kind of a step up as someone like at, like, you know, in their 20s, being able to put everything on the line and just being selfish. I mean, in a good way, I think, like being able to be like, I'm not, I'm going to blow off my friends for five months in a row and just, you know, put everything I have into this because I'm at the age where, you know, I don't have kids or mm-hmm. I do have a dog, Billy. He's wonderful. Mm-hmm. But like, I don't, I don't have those like commitments in my life. So I don't know. It's definitely a weird, a weird thing. I think but. you nailed it. You know, part, <laughs> part, well, part of it is that you know, when you're younger, you know, you definitely have less responsibilities, which allows you the ability to make more mistakes. Oh, yeah. And I, I think that that's a big part of the learning is the mistakes that you make as an entrepreneur. But secondly, I am a big believer in needing a community to support you. You know, from the day I started this podcast until now, I literally started the podcast in order to bring on all these women that have helped me when I started my business. And there was this collective effort of women who were successfully running businesses and came into my life and just said, Hey, we're going to help you because we've already done this. Yeah. That, that sort of approach together for entrepreneurs. Honestly, I, I don't think I could do it without it. I, I couldn't. So, but millennials, you know, and there are, I'm, I know there are lots listening. They, their focus and their needs are just going to be a little different. And I think that finding the right people is great. So those of you listening, if you want to get in touch with Ella, we're going to put all of her information in the show notes and you can reach out to her and and have a conversation. Yeah, I think, I mean, I found co-working to be a huge advantage just because, you know, you need a reason to put on pants in the morning. Like, <laughs> I've done it. I've done it. the working from home. I've gained the pounds because all I did was eat. Like, no, you just mm. eat back by like laundry. And then it's like, I haven't seen a human in four days. No, yeah. like you just, you need kind of that 
space. So I think yeah. having an environment where you're around other, you know, humans would be, you know, that's great, but like entrepreneurs or people kind of like doing their own thing, finding that energy is definitely key. Yeah. And if you ever make your way to Denver, Ella, I would love to take you to this new co-working space of female entrepreneurs that opened oh. in Denver. It's called Rise Collaborative. And I'm telling you, there's nothing quite like it. And you know, I've been doing this for a little while now. Uh, you know, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Intent. Um, I will, I would love to show you the space because there is something truly spectacular happening yeah, when and you're around people that have the same drive and the same challenges. And they're, and in this case, it's all women together. And I'm like, Oh, this is so good. Oh, it's girl. so good. Yeah. <laughs> we got to get you to Denver. Oh, I'm coming over. No, I, uh, I, okay. So I went through this really, okay, it's not a weird phase because in my defense, airplanes are like a brick in the sky, okay? And I get it, but like having an amnesia background, yeah, no, I'm not going on that thing. So I like didn't travel for work. Like I spent years, like, okay, not years, but like, you know, a good chunk. And it's like, yeah, I'm not going there unless I can drive. Mm. I ended that phase, uh, went on an airplane for the first time. Yeah, oh. rough. Won't even tell. Can't even talk about it. Just oh, so proud of you. That's amazing. Where did you Where did you go? Uh, so I ended up going to West Virginia to speak at a brain injury conference, and I think like the most. I mean, I ended up having, having a little bit of a motion sickness problem. Took the pill, and you know, had the, like the pregnant wristband things. Nothing. It just didn't help. Mm. But I mean, that like mo I think the most like motion whatever I've done is. I mean, I'm Minnesota, North Dakota, like a parking ramp might be like the most elevation I've ever had. That's so funny. So like <laughs> on an airplane was, that was a little rough, but I go on airplanes now. So like I'm booking out for this next year in different States, which is super fun, but it's like, Oh no, no, I got, oh, we're, we're going to get you to Denver. I'm That's it. It's, it's all my, it's all my agenda. It's going to happen. We'll I have to tell you, I, I traveled recently with a colleague that had not flown in 20 years and she has severe anxiety about flying. And so it was quite an experience traveling with her. She did great. She, she really did great. But I, I haven't experienced that type of anxiety myself. So I can understand and empathize, but I, I don't really get it. I kind of, from the outside looking in, I find it kind of fascinating, right? Like I'm there to help, but I'm watching like the physical symptoms happen and I'm like holding her hand and her hand is like an ice sickle that's sweating. I don't know how, I don't know how a brick of ice sweats and, and the, the, the thought processes that go through her, her mind and her face, it was just such a surprise for me because I haven't experienced that, but I was super proud of her because it's not easy. I mean, having anxiety about travel is a thing. Right. No. Well, okay. One good for her too. That's how I am with speaking. Like you hear people that are like public speaking, like their fear. And again, I'm with you. Like I, I, I can get it, but it's like, what's wrong? Just go up there. Like what's wrong with you? So I don't know. I that comes from people that have never stood in front of a thousand people and spoken before. Because well, truly, what's the difference between that and talking to like me and you? There isn't any except for like you're up higher and your spanks are tighter. Like there's just there's, <laughs> like you got to pack it in. Oh my there. gosh, I love that so much. So, it's so true. I get it. Oh my god. <laughs> I sorry, I'm still stuck on that no, part. I, the visual. Yeah. Oh, you have no idea. Just tight. But I think it is different, right? I, 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 I speak and I would say that it's very different because it's a one-way giving of energy. And, you know, you can receive energy from a crowd. You can judge it. You can oh, yeah. you no, have like the fear behind it. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, get out there. You're fine. 
Yeah. See, the thing is, is I don't really have any fear talking. This is, you know, this is who would have thought, you know, it's, I recently said to my dad, who would have thought that I would be, you know, spending a big chunk of my professional time talking for a living. And my dad kind of rolled his eyes and he's like, oh gosh, I should have known. Like I've always been the talker in the family and I want to look at him and say, now see all the times you made fun of me as a kid. Cause I talked too much. Look what happened now. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm making money. <laughs> now, now, now I'm using my voice for a living, which is an incredible thing. It's kind of fun oh that's too fun listen ella i think you are absolutely incredible and i love that you spin so much humor in your life i am a better person for knowing you truly i am and oh. i you your so story funny. impacted me and and i want to meet your parents one day because i you know i think that your story is incredible and i i have an 18 and a 21 year old so for me to you know, be able to put myself in your parents' shoes is, is a real thing. And, and I would love to meet them one day. And thank you so much for coming on. Yeah. Oh, yes. Thank you for having me. This has been so great. And I think just everything you're doing is envious and it's, it's people like you that kind of get, you know, that millennial crowd going like mm. you look up to you. So thank you. Oh, thank you. So tell people where they can find you. Okay. So I'm online. Okay. Okay. One. There is a YouTube video of me. The first time I went on television, like I said, like I don't get really nervous and like on stage, the st there were like six people in the room and a camera went in front of me and I got a neck rash and I completely forgot what I was saying. We've moved past it, but ignore that video. Uh, <laughs> on my website. It's like the only video like online right now and it's like, oh my God. Oh, it's so funny. It's a, it's, it's a good judge of where you started oh, to where you're at now. It is so rough. Oh, like I, it physically pains me to watch it. No, but I'm online. Just my website is www.ella.events. That's it. Like there's no .com. Okay. So hip, so trendy. New so trendy. Events. Don't even need I'm a not. .com. Like, what do you mean? Like when I got it, but so it's ella.events. Uh, Instagram is kind of a thing. I, I picked one kind of social media outlet because I couldn't keep up with all of them. Uh, and it's just Ella Dorner. That's D-O-R-N-E-R. Okay. I will tag those in the show notes as yeah. well. I and will make sure. Else is just under Ella Dorner. So any kind of social media and then slash Ella Dorner. And so people can book you to speak directly from your website? Yeah. So that's just under the booking tab. And I think, yeah, I can Excellent. go to different states now. So like, yeah, do that. Yay, Denver, Denver, <laughs> Denver. <laughs> you know, we're putting it out there to the universe, which means you know it's going to happen. Gonna say keynote speakers. Come on. Yeah. Yeah, there. we're all, all of you listening. When you bring Ella to Denver, I will happily help you organize that. Um, okay, Ella, well, thank you again so much. I have one final question for you. Are you ready? I am ready. What is your percentage of grit and grace? Today, I think it fluctuates, like you said. Today, I'm hitting, I'd go like an 80% grit. No, like 75% grit, maybe 25% grace. That's pretty good. You know, it's not bad. It's, yeah. I've had an exciting but overwhelming week. So, and then now yeah. I'm talking to you. So maybe yeah. it is 80 20. It's 80 20. I lied. It's 80 20. It's 80 20. Yeah. You made it 80 20. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you again, Ella. I'm super excited to share this message and I look forward to when we're going to get a chance to speak again. Yeah, no, thank you. This has been so great.
And for those of you listening, if you are listening on the ladieschitchatclub.com, there's a little button there. Or my name is highlighted in some special color. Sometimes it's purple, sometimes it's red. I don't know. Just click that. It, the interwebs will take you to me directly. Or if you are listening on iTunes or Spotify or any of your favorite listening apps, please feel free to leave us a message or a rating because we love to hear from you. And if you have any questions or comments, reach out. We like to know. And I am happy to introduce you to Ella if you have trouble finding her because she is amazing and you will love to learn more. So my friends, go be fierce. Ladies and gentlemen, do not forget to visit our new subscription box site, Grit, Grace and Glory at gx3box.com. There you can find out how you can sign up to receive monthly inspiration, education, and some special stuff to help celebrate you. And the best part is every box will have a contribution to a nonprofit or a social enterprise because we all know we like to be our best and give back to the community at the same time. So don't miss out, gx3box.com.